Welcome to the BristolCon Fringe, a series of readings from the science fiction and fantasy community. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience in the centre of Bristol. Okay, so welcome to the final BristolCon Fringe of 2017. Um, We appear to be doing horror today. And Bristol has responded by raising the seas around the uh, the island and flooding us all and send, sending us down to the uh, the watery depths with uh, good old Fulhu and stuff like that. Or uh, I should note, by the way, that today is November the 20th. It is the Transgender Day of Remembrance. I am here, but that's because the Bristol Remembrance Ceremony is going to be on Friday at the uh, uh, Bristol University Students' Union. You are all welcome, should you wish to turn up. Um, So uh, there we are. I'm available today. Just a big surprise. Anyway, let us get going with the evening. We have a couple of horror writers today, and we're going to get kicked off by uh, a young lady who's entirely new to me, but apparently has been doing rather well with all the horror stuff and and scripting films and stuff like that. Um, So can we have a warm welcome, please, for Bailey Hart? Uh, hi everyone, Oops. Uh, thank you for being here. My name is Bailey Hart. I'm a local writer, as you can probably tell from my accent. Um, this is only my third public reading, so I'm a little nervous. Uh, today I'm going to be reading from my debut novel, The Log House, which currently has a release date of November 30th. The Log House is a post-apocalyptic horror about a woman, Penny, who is forced on a quest for revenge after being left for dead in a forest filled with monsters. I'm going to be reading chapter four this evening. Just as context, before this chapter, Penny has realised that she has been cast out from the safety of her home by a woman called Mary, someone Penny believes is trying to steal her son. Penny has just woken after collapsing in the forest, injured and exhausted after hiding from the creatures pursuing her. But when she wakes, she finds that she isn't alone. It was warm. Did she have a fever? She didn't recall ever having a fever before. Fevers were supposed to be unpleasant, weren't they? They could kill you. This wasn't unpleasant at all. It was nice comforting. She could even smell something. Food, meat. Had she had a fever when she was a child, back when her father was still around? Maybe. She couldn't remember. She missed him. Was he here? Was he going to take care of her? She hoped so. Maybe she was back at the house. Were they making her something to eat? That would be nice. Her mouth filled with saliva, a liquid running out of the corner of her lips and trailing down the side of her face. How could she still have so much saliva? She was so thirsty. Penny stretched a little, and something hard pushed against her back. She was sitting, propped up against something, her hands resting in her lap. Had she fallen asleep like that? She didn't think so. It was nice and warm, though. Where was she again? Penny saw a flicker of light behind her eyelids, which was strange because the sun didn't flicker. Why was it so warm? Did she have a fever? Her head started to pound, an awful throbbing that came with every beat of her heart and every breath. She wanted to rub her eyes, but her arms were too heavy to lift all the way. Penny tried to stretch them out in front of her instead, and the heat tickled the back of her hand as she did so. That wasn't right. Penny prized her eyes open, only a little, but enough to see dancing shadows and a bright, warm light. Orange light. Fire. Penny shot forward with a gasp. Fire. There couldn't be fire. She needed to put it out. They would see the light. They would follow it. They would find her. She pulled herself towards the flames, still groggy from sleep. She did not move. 
Why wasn't her body listening? She fought with herself and became aware of a tightness around her shoulders and stomach. Penny looked down and cried out when she saw the thick rope around her. She struggled against it, pulling with all the strength she had left, and fell back, panting and scanning her location like a cornered animal. Her prison seemed to be a small cave. From the mouth she could see the tops of trees, and in the distance, just about visible, was the river. She wasn't too far then, but how had she got here in the first place? Had she been sleeping so deeply someone had simply walked over and dragged her away? Had she been that vulnerable? The thought of anyone, anything, being able to get that close without her knowledge made her feel sick. The cave itself was tiny, with room only for the large fire in its centre and a makeshift bed comprised of various fabrics and leaves. The floor beside the bed was strewn with a selection of roughly carved wooden bowls, several filled with water and herbs. Behind them, several blankets hung from the wall. They swayed to and fro, but never allowed her a glimpse of whatever was behind. Penny stared at the blankets and frowned. She raised a hand just as far as the ropes would allow, but felt nothing. She watched the curtains move again. How were they moving without any breeze? Dread came over her, cold and wet. There was someone, something, moving behind the curtains. Penny strained against the ropes again, holding her breath and shaking with the effort. Her hands pulled against them and she dug her feet into the stone floor as she pushed. Her foot slipped and shot sideways into a, sp a small pile of firewood. The logs toppled to the floor, clattering loudly in the cavern. They would know she was awake now. Penny pushed and strained, crying out as the ropes dug tightly into her. She closed her eyes and wriggled breathlessly, stopping only when a strong pair of hands pushed her back. She shuddered against their touch. A dry, cracked voice began cooing to her, brushing her hair from her eyes. Stale, warm breath violated her ears. Shh, said the voice. Shh, now. Don't fight. Don't fight. Shh. It's okay. You're okay. Get away, Penny cried. Let me go. She tried to push against the being that held her in place, but she was far too weak to make any difference. The man held her down, firm and unmoving. No, 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 don't fight. Don't fight. You're hurt. Poor love. My poor darling. Shh, now. Rough hands pulled at Penny's face, stroking her cheek. Her eyes snapped open and she pulled her face away from the man's touch, glaring at him. Don't touch me, she spat. The man pulled his hands away, looking pained. He had been out here for a while, that much was obvious, and the forest had taken its toll on his face. He was thin but strong-looking, and the parts of his haggard face not obscured by mud were hidden by wiry hair and a large, untamed beard. The only features to betray his humanity were the man's sharp hazel eyes and the deep, dark purple circles below them. There was something familiar about those eyes, about the man himself, but Penny couldn't focus on the images that fluttered through her mind. It was like she was experiencing the ghost of a dream, any time she came close to the truth, the image would simply fade away. As she stared, the man smiled at her, revealing a broken graveyard of stained brown teeth. Penny wrinkled her nose. Why am I here? she asked. I saved you, said the man. Found you, saved you. I knew it was you. Penny stared at his face. I don't know you, she said, flinching slightly at the uncertainty in her voice. Please let me go. The man pointed at himself with a dirty finger and smiled wider. It's okay, Pen. It's me. We'll be okay now. We're all together, just like you wanted. Penny's heart skipped a beat. What did you say? She said. Shh, shh, now. You need to rest. You're hurt. You can't... What did you call me? Her voice was shaking, her eyes wide. A ghostly finger traced the length of her spine and she shivered. The man cocked his head, a deranged impersonation of a bird. What's wrong, Pen? 
Are you in pain? Are you, what did you call me? The man smiled. It would have been a gentle smile if his eyes had held any form of sanity. You could never let anyone finish a sentence, he said, and then laughed, a sound more like a hoarse wheeze than anything else. Penny winced at the odour leaking from his mouth, watching as he scratched his beard, staring at her with his stupid grin. His eyes twinkled. She knew those eyes. How did she know them? The wild man paused and then opened his mouth in shock. Penny could see a wet brown lump at the back of his throat. Oh, I forgot. Oh dear, wait there, Pen, wait there. He rose to his feet, knees clicking, and scurried off behind the swaying curtain. Penny watched him go. She tried taking every part of him, every inch, no matter how disgusting. He knew her. She knew him too, somewhere deep in the recesses of her mind. His eyes, his smile, he even called her Pen. Nobody ever called her that, not anymore. She had only let her father call her that. How dare this man use that name? But then, there had been someone else who called her Pen, hadn't there? The man began to murmur behind the curtain, and Penny caught the odd phrase here and there. Shh, shh, stay still, he murmured. Calm down, it's okay. Was he talking to her? Could he see her starting to struggle? She froze, glaring at the curtain as the man began to speak again trying to catch a secretive glimpse of his face to quell her ridiculous thoughts. No, little one, don't do that. It's okay. Daddy's here. Little one? God, he really was mad. Imagining children, calling himself Daddy. Another impossible thought flickered into life, and she pushed it away. Whether she knew him or not, the man was obviously unstable. Penny needed to leave, right now. She bent her arms until they were behind her back, and then fumbled for the knot. Behind the curtain, the man began to hum, a gentle, soothing song that set Penny's teeth on edge. She knew that song, didn't she? The man moved from humming to singing, his voice soft despite its cracking, a voice filled with tenderness. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Daddy's going to buy you a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird won't sing, Daddy's going to buy you a diamond ring. Penny was sure her heart had ceased to beat. Her lungs stopped working. She couldn't breathe. Those same hazel eyes on a clean, beardless face. A gentle man singing to her swollen stomach. A lingering gaze floating away on a boat like the one she had found beside the river. Oh God, she whispered. She wasn't going to die in the forest. Not anymore. It would be him that killed her. Thank you. The Bristol Con Fringe is a monthly podcast produced by the Bristol Con Foundation. The music at the beginning of this podcast is The Future by Chevy174. We'd like to thank the famous Royal Navy volunteer for providing us with a venue, and we'd like to thank you for listening. If you would like to keep up to date with our events, please like our Bristol Con Fringe page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at BrizConFringe.